0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: When the red, red raw becomes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when Starts throbbing his old sweet song Wake up, wake up, you head. Get up, get up, get out of the bed Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, love and be happy What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten but still In his own sweet song I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again
3: up at the break, but the Tikes did bite back, but we held on for a massive three points, and the big cheese Tadun Amir, was in town to enjoy the action as well. Welcome to Charlton Live. Childhood Live. Childhood Live. Childhood Live. <laughs> good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live uh, from the Valley on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendez, we've got a packed studio here in SC7 as we get ready uh, to look back at yesterday's 2-1 win, massive 2-1 win in a bit of a relegation six-pointer uh, against Barnsley. Right, uh, I'll start doing the introductions. Over on my right-hand side is uh, Mr Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Very good, thank you. In a good mood because England lost the rugby and you hate us for some reason?
4: Yeah, and Wales won and Charlton won. Yeah, there we so, go. So Yeah. yeah. As weekends go, yeah. not about bad take, take
3: your wins as and when they come. Really, <laughs> exactly. when you're a Welsh rugby fan, yeah. apparently. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in the middle, making his uh, second appearance of the season, probably the longest gap we've ever had between a debut and a second show. Is Ollie White? Hey, Dean. Are you all right? Yeah. Did you uh, uh, Did you enjoy yesterday?
5: I Loved it. Yeah. It's slightly,
3: yeah. Something like yeah, wrong with your mic there? Can you Ben? Can you just check it's switched on? Oh, my bad. There yeah. we go. <laughs> ben Ben was in charge of that and he turned it off during, so there we go. But good to have you uh, in the studio. And also on my left-hand side, a man who doesn't know how to turn a microphone on, it turns out. Benjamin Cloak. How are you Benji? I'm
6: good thank yeah, you. Yeah enjoy yesterday? I did yeah I'm yeah. feeling a lot more comfortable now.
3: Yeah yeah well there you go it was a massive three points for us. Um, I'm still a bit gutted that Wigan went on to win. Um, I can't believe that uh, over at Leeds so it doesn't really extend the gap between us and the relegation zone but it does give us a nine point buffer uh, above Barnsley. It's starting to really look like there's two teams who are already down uh, and then it's a battle to avoid being in that last place in the relegation spots and hopefully uh, it'll be Charlton, the team that stay up. So on tonight's show we'll look back at that victory, we'll hear the highlights Uh, in a few moments' time. uh, We'll hear of course our exclusive interview with Lee Bowyer who came to speak to Terry uh, after the win. We've got a new feature later on in the show uh, which definitely needs a better name than the one I've given it so far but it's fans views from the fans bar because Benji went up to the fans bar after the game yesterday spoke to a few supporters to find out what they made of yesterday's uh, performance Uh, and then finally we've got a bit of nostalgia at the end of the evening. Uh, Colin Walsh of course everyone knows uh, about that man he scored one of the most famous ever Charlton goals he was back here at the Valley during the week for the 80s uh, evening Uh, Terry went up there again Uh, I couldn't do that that job really because I don't know nothing about the 80s but Terry was uh, well into his 50s during, that, during <laughs> that, um, uh, that period so he went on and, and uh, interviewed Colin Walsh and nice to hear from a, a bit of a Charlton legend there so um, don't forget you can have your say as well you can email us studio at CharltonLive.co.uk uh, you can tweet us at CharltonLive or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum to have your say on this evening's show we want to know what you made of yesterday's performance we're also of course going to talk about uh, our wheeling and dealing during the January transfer window the window slammed shut we got three bodies over the line on transfer deadline day obviously we've lost a few over the course of the month as well so let us know how, how do you feel are you happy with our, our month's work in January so get in get in touch with the show we'll share your views on this evening's Charlton Live uh, Tom just before we hear the highlights um yeah we needed that it was a bit nervy in the second half I think we fair to say we probably rode our luck uh the three points are the most important thing though
4: yeah I uh obviously texted you after the game and said we made that a lot harder than we than we should have done. Um, but as you say, the most important thing was the win. And I thought in the first half, we got dragged into a bit of a, a dogfight with them, really. We weren't really playing the football that we are used to seeing, but we were clinical. Um, I think we only had four shots on target in the whole game, obviously scored our two goals, and it could have really been more that first half. Uh, and then second half, I thought, actually, we played a bit better in the second half, but Barnsley obviously came out and it was a bit more of a, end-to-end game which you'd expect because they were desperately trying to get back into it and that obviously left space then going the other way as well Um, and you're right we rode our luck obviously hit the bar a couple of times Phillips had that weird save which we were just talking about before we came on air but we clung on um, and as I say the, the win's the most important thing and yes Wigan got their result as well but it moves us further ahead of Barnsley coming into What's going to be a very busy month, February, against some teams kind of in and around us yeah. in the uh, in the division.
3: In terms of the psychology for for both the sides involved yesterday, you know, Barnsley will see that as a defeat against a relegation rival. That that I mean, I'm going to I'm going to go out and say it probably ruins their chances now. I mean, it puts a massive dent in their chances of staying up. But for us to know that we can put in performances against teams like that, considering we've got quite a, a lot of those in and around us coming up this month, I mean, that, that's a massive boost for Libo, yeah?
5: Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. I think it's the you know the Mourinho thing of uh, the teams that kind of succeed are the ones that win ugly even when they're not you know playing particularly well and I think um, yesterday was a, a classic example of that I don't think we were particularly at the races and it it had all the, the makings of a, a relegation dogfight um, but yeah luckily got the three points
3: yeah and all the damage done in the first half and that was it was, it was weird <laughs> isn't it that. Um, for for all our all our great play in that first period when we were nearly undone by a set piece which is what we've done to to Barnsley a couple of times but for another amazing save by Dylan Phillips I'm going to go out and say that's one of his best of the season already and there's a hell of a lot of them to choose from (laughs)
6: Yeah, I think didn't it, doesn't he have the stat of uh, the most saves mm. in the country? That sounds like goalkeeper. a good thing, doesn't it?
3: But when you think about it, it just yeah. means we're giving away a lot of, <laughs> of chances. But yeah, I mean, it was an unbelievable save from that header.
6: Yeah, got as you said, got to be one of his best of the season. And um, yeah, it comes at a time we're one 0 up, saves it, keeps the uh, keeps the uh, keeps us in the lead. And uh, if if that goes in, one one heads go down. And uh, but we managed to nick another one just before half time, which was perfect timing because. Uh, definitely does Bo's team talk for him. there, yeah? mm. and um, But in the end, that rallied them up more than it did us. Mm. So that was a shame. But again, we dug deep for the victory. So that was the most important
3: thing. Exactly that. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights then. Uh, over on Valley Pass yesterday, your commentators, as always, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith.
1: Free kick. It's a couple of yards inside the Barnsley half from the uh, centre circle, so uh, probably a good 15 yards inside the Barnsley half, just uh, right of centre. Cullen over this. Barnsley with everybody behind the ball. Arms up in the air, Cullen. Now chips it into the corner of the penalty area. Pierce yes! the head.
7: Tyler's
8: there. It's yes. That's why you want to keep this man in this team. It's a really well worth goal from Joel, and the free kick was perfectly executed. Little chip ball to Pierce, who got up well and flicked it on. I think Collins took the free kick, and did. Pierce a flick on, the and Taylor made a run from deep. No one tracked him, and you can't let that man out that space. He just stretches his right leg. And just diverts it past the goalkeeper, and John have an early lead. That's going to send this place bouncing, you imagine, after just, what, nine minutes? It's deemed that to be a foul from the well-centre-half, and Barnsley will have this free kick, 15 yards
7: outside the John Penny. Swung in now, it's a, it's a header! What a save from Phillips! What a what save! What a superb save
8: from Dylan Phillips! And then the follow-up by, I think that was Holme hits the post and goes out for a goal kick. That is an outstanding save from Dylan Phillips. John be furious. It's a great delivery into the Pouncy area. The header down. Phillips diving to his right. Superb save. And then Halme with the rebound is a little bit narrow. He hits the post. I didn't see who made the header. Maybe
1: Anderson, but I didn't see. But what a save from Dylan Phillips.
8: I mean, the quality of the delivery as yeah, well was, yeah. was outstanding. I mean, it's hard to defend those, but John be upset that down the other way, and they've called Barnsley all sorts of problems with set pieces. The one chance Barnsley have, and it's, it's an opportunity. Has taken a fantastic save from Dylan Phillips. It's going to be taken by Doughty. Can Chelton score another before half time? Taylor in the centre, so in the sorry six-yard box, just having a word with some of the Barnsley fans who are calling all names under the sun. <laughs> Doughty to take the corner. Swings it in, it flicked to the Green, and cleared away by Barnsley. Comes back to Doughty. Doughty will look to take on Chaplin. Cuts and his left foot. Deep ball into the bouncy area. Pierce, good header. Saul with the chance comes back. Green with the yeah. shot. Yeah. The goal. Yeah. A lovely finish. And John at the second before half-time. Pierce again winning the ball from the cross. And Doughty at the far post. Comes down to Saul. Made a little bit of a meal out of it. In the end, it's a good assist. As Green just smacks it into the bottom corner. And John make it two. Well, that
7: we know his first corner in was... Tempted to be flicked on by Green. I don't think he got much on it. It was cleared away. Howard made space again for the left foot cross. It was a deep one. Perfect for Pierce to knock it back into the danger area. Naby Sarr couldn't get it out from under his feet. And it deflected into the path of Green. Who drilled it home on that right hand side and rattling around, absolutely no chance. Charlton going to the half-time interval with a 2-0 Second lead. ball
8: one by Chaplin. But there indeed is the half-time whistle. A dream first 45 minutes of Cholton. Oh, look to take on Matthews, instead goes back to Anderson, who progresses forward from centre-half, and with a strike is saved by Dylan Phillips, comes down to Woodrow The shot off oh. the bar, comes down and Lockyer clears it away. And then Matthews oh. it's a good touch to get it away from a door. And ball down the line is a poor one, should have just cleared his lines there, Matthews, it gives Charlton. A little bit more pressure as Mike with a run. The reverse ball oh, is well cut out by plan. Taylor and had a play for a corner, but a well, bit of, of panic
7: there for Cholton. The curse of the opening 15 minutes almost struck again in this
1: second. So beyond halfway inside, it's a throw into to Foster trying to ride two challenges, it couldn't ride the second one. And it's uh, Simoes who gets the ball away and it's run
7: through for Thomas, who's running into the Charlton, danger air towards a penalty area. goes past one, past another, out to Woodrow, he's going to take a shot, Woodrow, so no, straight past Dylan Phillips,
8: and into the right hand corner of the net, it's 2-1. That's a poor goal, really poor goal for Charlton, they give the ball away in midfield, I force Forskowski is outnumbered, and they break... And Thomas just glides past the challenger Cullen and brings it forward unopposed. Ball comes to guides Glides past the challenger Cullen and brings it forward unopposed. Ball comes to Wood on the right side. You can't give that man that much space. A really good finisher. And it's created unnecessary nerves because before that, I don't think Barnsley were creating much at all. And the confidence was low. And it's just a bit sloppy in midfield there from Charlton. Clear. Chaplin will pick it up on the edge of the
7: Charlton penalty area though. Goes back to Mowat. Mowat, corner of the penalty area. Backing across to Thomas. Shooting possibility here. Two Charlton players getting each other's way. Ball back across to Brown. Takes the shot off the crossbar. Charlton can't get it clear now. Off it's the, the line. Shot comes in from Ludwig. Off the line by Matthews. Chaplin with a block now from Pierce. Thomas again, picks the ball up as Charlton struggling to get it clear. It's a good block by Hemed Cullen, but it'll ricochet into Brown. Brown back across to Simoes on the left-hand side. Looking to take on Matthews. Anderson helps out, gets the ball in. Cleared away by Lockyer for a corner. Well, how on earth did Sean get away with that? He's heavy touch and Hemid can pick it up for Charlton. Send Andre Green on his way down the left-hand side. Great ball. Andre Green will collect this on the touchline. Looking to take on Helmey. Andre Green edge of the penalty area now looks to drill it into the box oh just can't get there just in front of the Charlton striker and he goes all the way across oh, the opposite work from Foster Casket to win it back for Charlton back with Matthews just send it into the corner and that's what he does to the right hand corner Rattling, it comes right out and oh, there a whistle Charlton have the victory it's hard fought desperation towards the end but the addicts hang on for an enormous three points
3: <laughs> there we go. The highlights uh, from Valley Pass of yesterday's 2-1 win uh, over Barnsley. And as Terry said there at the end, Tom, I mean, we, we had to hang on that that final what, 20 minutes or so after they pulled one back. I mean, even before that, we'd seen Woodrow hit the post and then uh, they hit, hit the post again. One off the line, forcing corners, pushing us back. It was a, it was a horrible, uh, horrible last 20 minutes plus then seven minutes of injury time as well.
4: Yeah, I had basically no nails left by the end and midway through that second half i know as i spoke about earlier they'd started to come out a little bit and had a couple of chances and obviously hit the bar and you think well obviously they're going to do that they're fighting for their lives you know as are we if them even more so um so you know they're going to come out and they're going to play and they're going to try and get back in the game but i still wasn't really concerned at all and then the minute that goal went in uh, it changed and for me then i just assumed they were going to get an equalizer at some point it was just a matter of when and yeah, it was really nervy, um, but the crowd got invested and I think that kind of fired them up. Or the, the crowd were pretty loud all game. Um, and as uh, Terry said there, it was desperation at the end, but we managed to cling on. And the run we've been on, as I think we've spoken about on many shows, the, the football we've been playing has actually been pretty good um, and we've been a bit unlucky in a few games, maybe could have got more, but we haven't won very many games. So to to get the win was obviously the most important thing. And yeah, we made it a bit harder than perhaps we should have, but we got the three points. And if that starts to turn things around going into the next few games, then um, yeah, hopefully it could be a bit of a catalyst.
3: Yeah, because I'd say at times this season, I mean, obviously we look at our injury problems, but just the way that some games have gone. We haven't had luck mm. too often this season, but yesterday we had it in abundance.
5: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we tend generally as a club to get the sort of rub of the green. <laughs> but um, yeah, yesterday we definitely, definitely rode our luck in the second half in particular. And um, I was... You know, same as Tom, just absolutely shocked that we didn't concede. But, um, mm. yeah, vital that we that we didn't.
3: And uh, I had a really weird day yesterday. And, and so I had to cover BBC Sheffield because their guy was ill as well. So I had to speak to their manager after Ben. And he was talking about set pieces letting his side down. I and mean, imagine how infuriating it must be to come to a game like that, where you know, particularly in the second half, you, you've more than held your own. But just two stupid, you know, poorly defended set pieces ha- has been what's what's cost them and given us the win. And to be fair, the, the amount of times that's gone the other way for us this season, we've given away goals uh, from set pieces. Again, I'm hoping that's a, a sign of our luck starting to change a little bit.
6: Yeah, I know. Uh, As it Jacko works quite hard on the set pieces. I know. For the Preston game, when we conceded, well, Bauer scored that easy header. He was like, I know they would have been marked, but what can you do when they get blocked off? Um, but yeah, Jason Pierce, well done to him. Won two mm. headers yesterday, heads it down. And yeah, we got a bit of the rubber. the green. Nabby went to hit it in, didn't he? And it bounced <laughs> back. Corner, and yeah. wow, green just drills it in. Great yeah. finish. And then again, great ball by Doughty. Piers heads it down, and uh, Lyle, great, great touch mm. for the goal. So, yeah, hopefully. Maybe our luck's changing a little bit in that regard too.
3: Yeah, well, let's go into those goals a bit more then, Tom, because obviously the first one, uh, you know, this, on Thursday's show, we were still saying we're not entirely sure if Lyle Taylor's still going to be here by the time yeah. we, we get to the game on Saturday. But it shows, I mean, there's not many... We, we don't seem to have many in our team who have that poacher's instinct in front of goal. And, uh, you know, Lyle would have, like we say, I mean, that would have been a set piece they'd worked on, but he knew he knew he had to be there in the right, in the right place and he was calm enough to, to place it beyond the goalkeeper. Says it
4: himself after the game, doesn't he? You can bang it in from 25 yards at times, but those poachers ones are just as important. Obviously, every goal counts for exactly the same amount. So, yeah, he's going to eat those up and that's what he's in the side to do. And I presume we'll talk a little bit about kind of January and him obviously staying for for the moment a little bit later. Um, And I know he divides opinion amongst fans, particularly through social media. He's he's obviously vocal, but he's in the team to score goals. And I don't think anyone can deny that when he's in the side, he works for the shirt and gives his all. Um, And again, when we were listening to the highlights there, we said he had to come off because he was absolutely knackered. Mm. Um, But yeah, ran his socks off again, obviously got the goal, which as I say, he's in the side to do um but the work he does up there from a defensive perspective as well you know harry and chasing defenders a bit like gallagher was doing in the team as well never letting them have a moment's rest that back four it, it makes such a huge difference to the rest of the team and yeah i thought he played really well yesterday yeah. and it was nice to have for him to have some support with with andre green up there because obviously since bond's injury and then Taylor being injured himself, we haven't really been able to see a, a couple of players up there. So it was nice to actually have that opportunity.
3: Yeah, and he seemed to be enjoying himself with the away fans yesterday as well, Lyle Taylor. Um, never one to shy away from from getting involved with the opposition supporters. And um, you may have seen a couple of videos that were doing the rounds on social media, but pretty much, I think before the, the corner that led to the goal, the second goal, he was winding them up. But he'd been doing it the whole half. And then, of course, uh, when he was substituted in the second period, he was waving them as well. But at the same time, you know, we we often talk about how when someone's doing that to you, it's really quite annoying. But when you can wind up an, another set of supporters, and probably we might even filter through to the to the team as well, the Barnsley players. I mean, that that can just give you a psychological edge. You know, they, they'll get frustrated, they'll find themselves getting wound up, and they might fall asleep or they might try too hard to ruin your game, and all of a sudden make space for other people as well. Yeah, I mean,
5: that is just Taylor through and through, really, isn't it? He's it's testament to how good a player is that that fans seem to be you know, really annoyed with him after every game. Um, And uh, yeah, you know what to expect from him. He's one of those players where if you're playing against him, he's an absolute nightmare. And if he's playing for you, you just, you love him. Um, Mm. You know, I appreciate he's obviously fairly verbose on social media, but he's, um, yeah, I I don't, I've not got a problem with uh, how he acts on social media as long as he's uh, performing like he performed yesterday. Uh, So,
3: yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously he came off Twitter, (laughs) didn't he, just before, was it just before Christmas, I think, after... Uh, well, there was election season, there wasn't it? So there was plenty, <laughs> yeah. plenty of stuff going on on the on the forum. But I mean, as, as Tom mentioned there as well, Ben, um, nice to have a partnership and Andre Green was alongside him and I thought I thought he looked excellent yesterday. I still I can't get my head around I know I know Preston play a different way but I can't get my head around the fact they didn't use him more often because when we saw him at I think Portsmouth last season on loan I thought he looked good. Uh, and I've been really impressed with him so far. He has he has pace, but he's had a difficult week this week unfortunately his grandfather passed away and you know he was playing playing with that on on his shoulders as well but he put in a, a superb performance and rounded it off with a a really nicely drilled finish into that bottom corner just before half time.
6: Yeah, I was just saying off air that I, he worked so hard. He was my man of the match. Uh, and that run he did near the end where he ran down the touchline. I was looking, there was about six Barnsley defenders all running back. And he manages to pick out Hemed with a great ball. And I still don't know how Hemed didn't get his head on that. But that's another story. But yeah, he brilliant. Never stopped running. Gave his all. And as you said, after a tough week, puts in a big performance like that. That's what we want. We... Uh, We saw glimpses of Lyle and Bon up front uh, against Bristol City and they link really well. So it's great to have another option in Andre and Lyle who both worked equally as hard and I think Lyle said... After the game, yesterday in an interview, he felt that it worked really well. Mm. So that's what we want to hear.
3: And the other impressive thing about Green is the fact that he was able to go for ninety minutes because he was one of the players over the course of the last few weeks who was having his his minutes sort of rationed a little bit. Uh, but he went for the ninety minutes and he was involved in that move towards the end where, he, like you say, he, he whipped over a cross for for Ahmed uh, that, that was good. So it looks like he, he's pretty much up to full fitness now, which is uh, which is perfect to, to see. And and he could he could be a real danger man for us going forward. Tom,
4: I think he has to be because 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 obviously Macaulay Bon is still injured and Lyle, I know he's back now, but I think we still have to manage him. As we just said, he he came off, what, 60, 70 minutes yesterday. He was exhausted. So we do have to be careful with these players and Green's obviously come in. He's a youngster. He's wanting to impress um, whether Villa are going to be in the Premier League next year or not remains to be seen, but he's still going to want to impress his parent club. And I think there aren't many people who've come in on loan under Lee Bowyer and not improved. Um, Obviously, People like Gallagher improved immensely. But he already looks, I would say, better than he did for his first couple of games because he's been allowed to play games and get himself up to speed. And again, just talking off air there, we were talking about Hemed. He just hasn't really had that opportunity. Someone like Green has. And to be fair to him, the difference is that Green has maybe not hit the ground running, but from Preston onwards, I thought he was good in that game. Obviously got that goal against his former club. And then yesterday, I agree with Ben, he was was probably my man of the match as well. Um, Just works really hard as You said in difficult circumstances the week he's had, but he's he could be a very important player for us. And if he can get four or five more goals between now and the end of the season, that could be the difference between staying up and, and going down.
3: Yeah, now I mean, really, really, we ought to go into more detail on, on something that did happen in that first half. I mean, that's say from, from Dylan Phillips, uh, the Mads Anderson header. Um, it was behind him by the time he got down to it, and he still was able to claw it out and push it wide enough. Uh, so that the rebound could because sometimes a keeper might just push it back into the middle and the rebound i mean could could be stroked home, but he pushed it wide enough that it was almost an impossible angle. the flag was actually up anyway for the for the rebound but i mean i 'm sure if anyone wants to talk about dylan 's distribution you 're more than welcome to email him but let 's talk about some saves because he does that so often for us, and that was another another spectacular one
5: i think he was I think he was absolutely class yesterday i 'm really shocked that uh, there hasn 't been more speculation about him going to be honest mm. um, I think he improves every literally every game. Mm. Um, I think his kicking is is slowly improving every game I, th- I know there was a few back passes that went back to him yesterday and that that side of his game definitely seems to be on the up um, and his, his shot stopping ability as we saw yesterday is just unbelievable I mean it was we saw it and I thought it was you know Banks-esque um, yeah. it was really just so reactive and instinctive and uh, yeah I mean you know the as, as as Tom said it's a it's a totally different game if we go if it's one all and then you Know their tails are up, and uh, in that sort of game, anything can happen. So it was so vital that he made that save,
3: mm. right? So, uh, as is tradition, uh, after half time, we saw Barnsley have, have an early chance. We always seem to give away opportunities after the restart, and I still don't really understand why. Uh, with I think it was Woodrow who, who hit the post after that sort of unorthodox save where a long, a long range effort came in, and Dylan somehow got his right arm down to it, it must have swerved or something because it didn't look normal with that, but he got it away. Um, Woodrow's hit the post, but you can see Barnsley growing in confidence. Um they or they pull one back even. Uh, with twenty minutes left to go, I think it was Luke Thomas who who made the mazy run through the midfield. We did we did give the ball away. Was it Forster? who had given it yeah, away. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. this has come just after that. Like, like Williams and and Taylor have both gone off. Now um, Taylor with with Williams, he had been down, wasn't he? Sort of holding his ankle a couple of minutes before, and he played on, and then he came off. So I did worry about that, but I did uh, when I spoke to Lee Bayer after. He said that was purely tactical. There's no there's, there's no problem there as far as he was concerned. It was just about the fact that there was a lot more tracking back to be doing. Uh, so it's ironic really that it's in Jake who was brought on to help add a bit more defensive cover as well, who who gave the ball away uh, for the goal. Um, Woodrow, good player, scored a great goal against us at Oakwell early on in the season. Um, and uh, yeah, pulled one back and then all of a sudden it's nervy. And we saw that in, in the space of the next few minutes when they had that that chance off the post and then off the line. Because no matter no matter how well you've played in the first half or how comfortable you feel, as soon as you can see one and it's a game of that importance, then, then the nerves can get to you.
6: Yeah, well, I still have nightmares of that whole game when they scored so, so <laughs> late on. Last kick of the game. Yeah, um, but obviously having Cullen back there does help big time. Uh, I thought Doughty had a really good game uh, in the defensive role. There was a vital header. I think he got away when, I think they had one yeah. of the shots where they hit the bar and come back and he headed it away. Just relieves a little bit of pressure. Uh, I'm sure Bo now will look... Uh, on the training grounds are uh, different ways we can try and counteract that because it seemed like we went really deep Uh and obviously Jake's not match fit yet so he looked a little bit behind. I mean, realistically, you'd love to leave Lyle and Johnny on but Lyle's cramping up. Johnny, as you said, was getting knock after knock from the Barnsley players. They re- really went in hard on him and as we were saying earlier, attack's the best form of defence and we were... We were able to keep pushing forward while those two were on the pitch. But then we bring on two players that aren't really match fit yet to be able to make a difference to the game. And we kind of did, as was said earlier, resort back to quick, drop back, drop back, and then panic stations. But Mm. there were some vital little headers away and clearances that made the difference for us yesterday.
3: And uh, was it six, six minutes of added time? Uh, was it? Was it that it was shown? Yes. Dur- and during 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 that six minutes, uh, there was two players down for I'd say at least three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was absolutely shocked and delighted to see the referee blow up after about seven minutes. Anyway, so we got away with uh, with that one a little bit, but we held on. And like we say, in terms of a result for us, it's. Uh, well, I think that makes us what four or five games unbeaten now at home in the league if you obviously take away the, the FA Cup defeat, which is a nice little run to be on. Um, obviously only our second win in in forever, but it's a win against, as I say, a team a team in and around us. We've got a massive game against Stoke next week as well. Um, a chance to hopefully start to build some of that momentum with the players back and the players we've brought in in January. And hopefully, hopefully, we're praying now, we're going to go on that run. If we can get Three or four results strung together, that'll pretty much be enough, I reckon, to keep our heads above water, as long as Wigan don't keep going and pulling off the uh, with the unbelievable results like they did at Leeds yesterday, Tom.
4: I think so, yeah. I mean, when you're playing Leeds at this stage of the season, anything can happen, can't it? Given you're going to win, it seems. Yeah, like we know yeah. they have a habit of, of messing up um, when they've got that chance of promotion, but ain't back to us since probably since the Swansea game and that announcement came in of the takeover being confirmed And obviously we went to Swansea and had to play all those youngsters still and lost. But it felt then like the tide was slowly starting to turn. Transfer window was obviously open then. And it's maybe been a bit slower than we would have liked. But we've obviously got players through the door now, which again, I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. We have got players back from injury. Boya signed his contract. Performances have been pretty good, as you say. Our home record aside from the cup game has been good. So I think we have started to see a change um, since the new year, really. And... Again, we haven't maybe got as many wins as we would have liked. But I do think that slowly things have started to turn. As you said, Lady Luck sort of turned up yesterday as well, which helped. Um, Didn't and yeah, score though, like Naples no, said a few weeks ago. Unfortunately not. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. We've got huge games coming up against the likes of Stoke and Huddersfield and Blackburn. So they're the ones that are, are going to really matter. And I, I agree with you, probably three or four wins should be enough. Uh, I think we're more than capable of getting them. We've certainly got a squad good enough to do it. And as we all said before the show, the signings we brought in hopefully are enough to get us through to the summer. And then it's about seeing what ESI can do then looking at next season, depending on what league we're in. But I think based on what I saw yesterday, I still... I've been pretty consistent on this anyway I still think we've got more than enough to stay up
3: mm. right almost time to hear from uh, Lee Bowyer uh, don't forget later on in the show we're going to hear some fans views from the fans bar after Benji went around uh, and spoke to some supporters in crossbars yesterday uh, we're also going to hear from Charlton legend uh, Colin Walsh later on uh, in the evening we want to hear from you guys as well email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, you can tweet us at Charlton Live or head over to the Charlton Live forum have your say on yesterday's game and of course uh, our wheeling and dealing in the transfer window the window slant shut on Friday evening. Uh, we got three bodies over the line on deadline day. I want to know what you make now of our situation with our squad. Were you disappointed that money wasn't spent? Are you just happy that uh, we got loans in, in in what some people say is a difficult window? Anything you want to say, get involved with the show. Right, Lee Bayer came in to speak to Terry uh, after yesterday's game uh, and tell us, the Addicts boss, if there was a mixture of relief and happiness at the full-time whistle.
9: Yeah, the most important thing is... Obviously, they puts a bit of pressure at the end, but I felt quite comfortable, if I'm honest. Uh, but yeah, the most most important thing is if we get three points, we move on. And the, this the stage of the season, as a matter how it comes, you, you just win games. We've we done it really well uh, last season. We're on the run in there, so uh, yeah, it's going to be times that we're better and and maybe not pick up points. So yeah, players dug in. Fans got behind us. Three points, everyone goes home happy. Yeah.
1: And uh, the start the ball rolling, low, Taylor uh, First off for a while, and then gets that goal. And you just see the reason why you miss it.
9: Yeah, it's just is why. I said to the chairman, "It's vital that we keep him for, for moments like that." That's what that's what fans pay to come and see. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted that he stayed. Um, that's what he does I thought him and Andre was unplayable first half they didn't know what to do their centre half should have been sent off so but yeah second half Lowell tired, which we knew was going to happen so um, yeah I thought Lowell was was excellent how pleasing
1: was it? I mean, you had the first half, which controlled pretty much start to finish. Although Dylan Phillips still had to pull off, got an incredible
9: <laughs> save to keep us in it. Yeah, they had the header from the set piece, but apart from that, I can't remember anything else going near the goal. So we was in control, like cruise control, really. We and we didn't even move it as well as what we normally do. Uh, the pitch was really dry. I don't know why. It's really dry, and it just, just bouncing, and just we just couldn't get into the flow of things. But yeah. In the second half, obviously, we had a few like Josh cramping up, and Johnny Williams, and Lyle, and Alfie Docky. Like, they, 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 they were tiring, and uh, so they put a bit of pressure on, but they ended up changing their formation at half time to, to match us up, and which everyone seems <laughs> to be doing when we're, when we're on top. So, uh, yeah, but the, the lads. Dug deep and, and, and stood strong.
1: One of the key issues today, probably <coughs> compared to previous months, uh, weeks, and months, is that uh, when you had to make a change, because as you say, players tiring, you could look to your bench uh, and the quality on there, with all due respect to the, to the ones that have come before, uh, significantly uh, improving.
0: Yeah,
9: players on there with experience and the men. Uh, so, yeah, it's nice to see. Hopefully, we can keep it that way. Uh, the ones that are coming back from fitness are still getting fit so um adi ain't played many minutes of late uh ozzy's only just come back a, a couple of weeks ago so he's still building up minutes uh tamara the same you know so it's it, it's difficult but we need to keep them fit we keep them fit we keep winning games Like i've I no doubt like the i've got a great bunch in there and they, they work hard and, and they can play and that was significant uh, in the first and first part of the second half, where uh, Andre Green and Lyle Taylor uh,
1: running uh, how many miles? I have no idea. And Darren Prattley as well, uh, yeah, yeah. just missed out on a goal. And the next thing is back uh, edge of the opener area, making it, uh, making a block. And that's the sort of thing that's going to be needed in the coming weeks and months as well.
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be people coming in and out. Going to have to rotate it and freshen things up. But this month is 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 a hectic month. Um, so we start next weekend with Stoke, tough place to go, but we have to go there and, and be strong and um, I'm sure if we go there and do the right things then, then we've got a very good chance of winning. And not just hectic, of course, we are, we're playing three of the sides now uh, coming up that, uh, that are in and around us, you know,
1: Stoke, Huddersfield, Luton, um, all in and around us, so uh, in terms of positional um, uh, the, the positional side of where we are, getting points against those three could be, could be crucial as well.
9: A bit like today. A bit like today, if we, if we if Barnsley win today, they're three behind us. But instead, they're nine.
2: Um,
9: so yeah, they're they're all important. Like we're just got leads on one. It's crazy. You just can't predict. You know, you, all you can do is just try your hardest and uh, and, and and see where it takes you. And, and I know that, that with my players and and with the fans behind us that we can go anywhere and win, yeah. especially good at home as well. You mentioned before about the uh, Valley was rocking uh, and it certainly was,
1: almost not quite a full house but it, you know, it felt like it at times yeah. um, and with the transfer window business that you did um, uh, the fact that His Excellency Tanunamir was here it did it feel like uh, a the start of something uh, today uh, it felt like that around the ground that uh, fans just got a sense of um, this is the part where we push on or this is the part where new
9: beginnings if you like Yeah, yeah this, is, this is what I'm hoping at the end of the day we're we all want to be successful, and, and I'm definitely one of them. And um, hopefully, the, the the club now can can start going in the right direction. I've said this many, many times. Nothing changes. Um, I want to be part of this this club moving forward. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for it. so Yeah, hopefully we we can all do that together, and and, and that that helps when you when you're winning games. I, I get that. So. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, on a personal point of view, transfer window's
1: now done, done are dusted. Um, so, uh, injury, players injured coming back.
9: You might be able to grab a few more hours' sleep, wouldn't you? Think? Yeah, sleep tonight. I know that. <laughs> I've had no sleep really the last couple of nights, but tonight I will. I'll be to laying tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, Superb performance today, but Well done, Lee. And uh, good luck next week as well. we'll be there. Cheers.
2: It's that time of the year.
7: Cullen, trying to take his man on, chip ball back across, Bauer's there, pierces there, Bauer with a header,
2: and it's John, yeah, oh it's oh it's, 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 it it's oh Patrick Barr, you absolute German beauty. Dreamland. dream lads, scored,
8: with seconds remaining, we've done it too, Get it. come
2: on, what it's a time to be here, here, right? here at Wembley, Oh, my word! Oh, my word! Charlton Live. You're listening
7: to
3: Charlton Live! Welcome back. This is Charlton Live coming to you live from the Valley on your Sunday evening. That was Lee Bowyer speaking exclusively uh, to Charlton Live, to Terry after yesterday's 2-1 victory over... Uh, Barnsley. Clearly, uh, he, he said he hasn't had much sleep over the course of the last few days. Of course, with the end of the, the transfer window, they went all the way up to 11 o'clock to, to finally get David Davis uh, over the line. We'll talk about the transfer window shortly, but only well, obviously uh, Tanun was here yesterday. Mm. Uh, very exciting to see him. He's just a bloke, really, isn't he? But he's uh, <laughs> it was it was a bit different. And uh, we, me and Ben were chatting about this in the car on the way. We we're trying to work out how many like how many games behind Roland he is now. For, I think I, he's I, on par. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't imagine Roland saw more than two or three. So he may yeah he may he might even have been one. So. Um, it's nice to see him show his face. Um, I mean, still we, there's still so much we don't know about the man, um, but I'm sure he enjoyed what he saw yesterday, especially that sort of you know, we're in the the added time and and the grounds all up on their feet singing and chanting, uh, and I'm sure he he gets to see how much of a special place this place can be when when we're winning.
5: Yeah, he came to he definitely came to a good game. Uh, I mean, it's not it wasn't you know a four all one for mm-hmm. the neutrals, but it was in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of what it meant to the club, in terms of, uh, you know, turning over a new leaf, every, all the kind of stuff that goes along with that. Um, yeah, I think he came to a really good one. And, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm hoping that there's uh, definitely scope for him to turn up to a few more in the future. Yeah, um, But obviously, you know, I think he's probably got more of a right than Roland ever did to actually be absent from them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's good to see him.
3: Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think um, with, with Roland's absence, I mean, if... If we were doing well and Katrine was running the show and everything was happy, it probably wouldn't have been a problem. And now that's what Matt Southall has to do. If he can, if he can keep things ticking over nicely, then no one will really care if Tanoon's not here. If everything goes horribly wrong and and all of a sudden you feel like the man who might hold the purse strings isn't around to find out what's going on, then then it will become a problem. But at the moment, you know, he's obviously happy letting Matt to do his job, and Matt's had a very big month himself. His first month as a as a football league chairman in in the transfer window and that slam shut on friday it was uh it was a tough decision on friday night depending on uh your stances on, on certain things if you were sat, sat there at 11 o'clock watching sky news or sky sports news um but uh you know when i where i was I only lived down the road from the training ground the bang on 11 o'clock fireworks in the air of celebrating <laughs> david davis's arrival at the training ground of course i, I believe um what, what, what are we going to say then Ben, we went into it with a lot of hope. You know, the, the deal was rushed through to make sure that ESI were here in order to spend millions of pounds in the in the in the transfer window. Or yeah, no one really knew what to expect. Um, it's, it's only ended up as loanies. Were you disappointed? Were you happy? I mean, we've got bodies in. We've lost bodies during the window. How are you feeling at the end of it?
6: At, at the start of the well, sorry, at the end of the window, my first uh, feeling was I was disappointed uh, because. We made a bid for a player and that for me was amazing and Twitter went into meltdown that day. Uh it's Madison we, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, when we bid for Madison, we everyone was like, Oh my goodness, Charlie actually bid like a decent money for a player. And obviously we found out because the Peterborough chairman said about it. So I guess our first reaction there was hang on, Charlie's gonna spend some money this window for once. And uh yeah. It, it turns out, in the end, we got four loans in, uh, some solid loans. I think McGeady's got that s- certain spark about him that he can make something out of nothing, which is which is great. I think he provides goals for us as well. Uh, so that that's good. And might I think I was chatting yesterday with someone, it might take the pressure off Johnny. So I could imagine, look, yesterday Johnny got battered by Barnsley. They just kept fouling him yeah. every time. And McGeady seems that same kind of player. So maybe one one game, McGeady does 60, then bring Johnny on. The next game, Johnny does 60, bring on Aidan. Uh, well, I'm just guessing he might, hopefully, it turns out to be that kind of player, mm-hmm. but adds a few more goals. Uh, sort of Birmingham fans seemed a bit gutted that David Davis left them. So that was, seems like a bit of a coup for us to get him in. Seems like for like with Prattley, So again, maybe they can share some game time together. But it seems like Prattley can go on forever as well. Uh, Smith, bit of an unknown quantity, but he's got some Welsh teammates around him, so they might be able to help him mm. out there. But yeah, overall, as I said at the start, I was a little bit disappointed, but thinking about it, it's a hard window to come in from. Uh So yeah, we got the bodies in and we got three games in seven days coming up soon. So we'll vitally need those bodies in. Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're talking about Marcus Madison. Um, interesting, I I don't know when it came out but I saw it today, the Peterborough chairman uh, Darren McAntony uh, appears to have his own YouTube channel as well. So I was watching a video uh, with him when he was, he, and he, he effectively told us everything that happened. He, he said that we'd bid £1.5 million for Madison, which was to be paid in stages. There were further add-ons, uh, £500,000 if he played 50 games. Another £500,000 if we were to get promoted. And also Peterborough would have had a, a sell-on fee as well. So if we went on to sell Madison in his time here... Uh, they could have got a percentage of that as well. So interesting to see how he laid down exactly the sort of money we're talking about. Um, also interesting to find out why he didn't. Apparently, according to to McAntony, one of the problems that, that Madison. I mean, initially when he when he was told that are interested, Madison straight away was like, "No, I'm not interested. Um, don't want to go there." Uh, partly because of the traffic in London, which I mean <laughs> is quite bad, but I've never heard that one before. Uh, and a few other bits. I think it sounded like he wanted to go up north. And eventually, he was persuaded to speak to Boyer. Um, he liked the idea. He said we were, we were, we just needed to reach a certain level of wages, which we never reached. Um, there was a couple of other clubs that, in the end, spoke to Madison, and we weren't able to reach that those level of wages as well. So, and then then Dara did say that it was more he thinks that Madison was asking for way too much rather than we were being cheap or anything like that. So it's inter- it's interesting the way that's played out. I mean, uh, when you hear that, it, it does sound automatically like you've dodged a bit of a bullet. There, he didn't want to be here, did he? It doesn't
4: sound like it, yeah. no. A um, very good player, very talented, but I think his personality is something we might have seen from the way he plays his his football against us. Um, I would have loved him to come through the door, but we've said it about every player that's come in, their attitude has to be right. This is a good group of players and a really good unit and there's good squad harmony. You can see that in the performances, so you don't want someone to come in and disrupt it. It was the same thing we were saying about If we offer Lyle, you know, 20 grand a week, you're going to have players knocking at the door saying, well, what about me? What about me? So we have to be very careful with that. It is a balance. And, you know, one man is is never bigger than the club. And if he was already wary about coming here and then his wage demands were excessive, I think we've done absolutely the right thing. And it's a shame because on the pitch, as I say, he's a very good player, but he's got to be the right fit. And it. It just doesn't sound like he was, to be honest.
3: Yeah, I mean, What's your your views on the the window overall? Um, I mean, as I said, we haven't actually spent money. We've 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 bought loanees in, but at the same time, we did try to spend money on on a particular player, uh, who in the end, the wages have, have, have looked a lot. So I guess, you know, for ESI, this is a bit of a a bit of an audition almost for them. We find out a bit more what they're about. And I, I don't know. Some people saw sort of, it's sort of in the middle of the road, really. They it, hopefully enough players to keep us up, and then you get to August or the summer transfer window, and all of a sudden that's really when they've got to prove themselves. Now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely agree
5: with Tom and Ben. I think it's, um, I think they've done enough to uh, provide some depth. Um, and you know, like you say, it's the problem with January is clubs know where they are, and so the prices automatically inflate because if you've got someone like, I mean, I saw we were in for Gnanduillet. I think he's called mm. the Blackpool um, striker. But, you know, the valuations are obviously going to be inflated because Blackpool, for example, if he's their star player, they're not going to want to lose him when they're in a playoff push. Mm. You know, so I think all things considered, I think Davis in particular is going to be really handy. I think he takes the weight off Prattley quite a lot. Um, and I think, I mean, we've, we, we've seen what McGeady can do before. Um, and I think obviously he's not in the prime of his years, but um, I think he's... Uh, the, the other nice thing is we don't have an abundance of wingers Um And so I think if green's going to potentially be used as a winger at times, it's quite handy to have that kind of balance um, on both sides. And then Johnny sort of playing as the 10 and maybe Lyle up top. But yeah, uh, broadly speaking, straight after I was thinking, well, maybe we could have done with getting a forward in um, and maybe it would have been nice to get a permanent. But I completely kind of understand why that couldn't happen, because it sounded like, you know, we've been setting a slightly dangerous precedent if we're taking these kind of ridiculous Wage demands from agents and whatever. Um, And so, yeah, I think in hindsight, um, it was a fairly shrewd window. And as as I said earlier, I think time will tell when you get to summer, because I think clubs are a lot more willing to let players go for what their actual market value is. And so, yeah, I think I think we'll know then, you know, exactly what ESI are made of, and uh, whether whether this was uh, the best way of going about it, getting these three loans in.
3: Yeah, certainly was. Um, transfer <coughs> deadline day uh, was exciting because very rarely, I mean, we see Darren McAntony sets the bar now with his own YouTube channel, but uh, um, uh, Matt Southall's tweet- tweeting was quite fun. I I mean, he's worse than me. He was really getting carried away on there. Um, Some of the stuff I think had to be deleted after a while, where he's saying you wouldn't get Lyle Taylor's left boot for £3 million. And all of a sudden, that gets deleted. And all of a sudden, you think, oh, God, someone's actually bid for him. But I think it's just a case of where you don't know what's going to happen. If someone does bid £5 million, say £6 million, end of the window, and all of a sudden you sell him because you can't turn an offer like that down, and you've got a tweet like that, you're going to look a little bit silly. But Matt will certainly enjoy it. And I think it it got the fans up. They seem to be, it got them excited. Um, yeah, I, I, I've got nothing against a, a chairman getting involved on Twitter like that especially when he, he got involved with the show as well on Thursday it made it, made it quite exciting uh, for us. Right, let's have a look at some of the messages that have come in then over the course of this season's uh, show um, you can get in contact with us e- email studio at CharltonLive.co.uk, you can tweet us at CharltonLive or you can comment uh, on the Charton Live forum. Ross Mann did just that on the forum, he said if the Barnsley fans are upset with Lyle now, imagine how annoyed they'll be next season when we nick Corley Woodrow from them uh, to be Lyle's... <laughs> Pike partner, I ain't going to uh, say no to that. Uh, Briston uh, says, we won yesterday, therefore it's a good win. Is there any such thing as a bad win? Not at all. Uh, the first half performance was good, the second half wasn't. Uh, I was reminded of Patient Slade's comments a few years ago about needing snorkels if they defended any deeper. Uh, the worrying aspect though uh, was that the match stats are shots at goal. Barney had 16 efforts to R8, uh, isn't the problem itself, but they had multiple attempts at goal uh, from single passages of play. Dylan Bank (laughs) Made the wonder save in the first half, one shot. But then there's a follow-up shot that hit the post. That's two. Uh, In the second half, we had saves by Dylan, shots hitting the woodwork, goal-line clearances, and all in the same phase of play. Uh, Group all these together, and they were probably only about ten Barnsley attacks leading to shots at goal, which is a bit better than the stats. But the problem is, why can't we clear the ball or kill the play after the first attempt? Uh, we don't seem to be able to create similar opportunities. We have a shot, it's saved or missed the target occasionally it scores. And that's the end of our possession. Is a lack of anticipation from our, our attacking players that they don't get into positions to take advantage of a rebound. I mean, I've just, it's, it's not something I've really thought about before, uh, that question from Bristol. I mean, it's true there were a few scrambles yesterday. It got a bit chaotic at times but at the same time you have to say I mean our second goal did come from exactly that situation um is that something you've noticed before Ben something something that concerns you
6: I haven't no I think sometimes it is a bit lady luck sometimes the ball bounces down to you I mean as we said earlier did come to Nabisar he went to shoot missed it bounces to green fires it in goal um yeah I mean what a save yesterday by Dylan because as we said, it did kind of look like it swerved in the air. Saves it, action save. It bounces straight back to them. They smash it against the bar. Um, what can you do? Uh, it's just sometimes I just think it's the bounces or whatever. Mm. I don't think it's down to us shoving our. Yeah. Not shoving I mean, our if you if you the remember
3: at the start of the season when I mean that was it Brentford the Brentford game when we beat them one 0 and they had that incredible <laughs> uh, yeah. sequence of events at the end where we had about five goal line blocks in a row. I mean, no one was. Comp- Not complaining or worrying then. Sometimes you just got to do. The dirty work. I'm sure we'd like things to be a little bit calmer at the back, but sometimes it's just bouncing around, especially when there's a team like Barnsley fighting for their lives and throwing bodies into the penalty area. That's just uh, how it's going to go. But cheers for your, uh, for your message, Briston. Muzza Jazz says, A nervy win yesterday. Where do people think of these names on the forum? <laughs> uh, our, our defending was dodgy yet again. I felt Bojan made a mistake uh, substituting Taylor with Hemed. We only had three in midfield and we're getting swamped towards the end. I felt Field should have come on instead and we should have played green up front on his own. Not bad, chat. I wonder if that's a fitness thing. Yeah. Uh, but we got the win, and if, uh, if we beat the teams around us, uh, we will still have to play. Uh, we should be okay. Hopefully the loan business we did will be enough to help us keep up uh, in the division and Boya and Gallon can do a proper rebuild uh, in the summer up the addicts. that's from Muzza yeah, cheers for that mate and uh, Mendonca and Astus, uh said just wondered if anyone in the studio bumped into His Excellency on Saturday and managed to persuade him to subscribe to the Charlton Live podcast did anyone see His Excellency? I haven't seen him oh, no. at all I saw I see, his, no, excellency
4: no. 8th, yeah, yeah. his Excellency but
3: be, not I'd be shocked if he doesn't subscribe already because I mean who doesn't we, uh, we'll have to check because we, we can get the listener figures for overseas Get the um, location as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. exactly. We can get. We get loads in the US. We get one or two in Thailand as well. Um, uh, yeah, we get loads all over the place. And uh, <laughs> someone, someone's just uh, uh, sent us uh, a message. Addicted said the uh, apparently, apparently, people are saying that too many people are using the phrase "dodge the bullet." it's like you're copying each other's posts but apparently, apparently people have said that already on this evening show. well there you go we did dodge a bullet a little bit yesterday so we can't We're we'll uh, we, I don't know if we have but other oh. people have but we can't really uh, complain about that uh, right Ev has got involved on Twitter it says it was a great win a first half performance was great as well we showed how fragile we are though when Taylor and Williams were withdrawn uh, but we're getting a bit of form now so watch out great team spirit as always uh, okay so my positive stance of playoffs is super slim we need six wins in the next six games to have any chance do I think we'll do that why not Uh, we can do it and I know that Bose thinks we can do it as well so I'm saying we will do it are you with me everyone
6: Yes. I, uh,
3: no. No. Oh, yeah? No. No. I still think it's a big ask to get into the playoffs, but I do Sorry, Ev. I do admire Ev's uh, enthusiasm there. My name is not Jim, says... Uh, you really should put what your actual name is then. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't a single bad performance. I struggled to see how people thought we could replace Lyle. He's just immense. Uh, Dylan Phillips securing himself as a great goalkeeper once again. My word, what a save. I'm glad Matthews is doing so well as well, because Solly doesn't seem up to it. Well, I mean, Ollie mm. Matthews, I've been impressed... With what I've seen this yes, I mean, certainly keeping Sony out of the team, that's that's not for debate. Um and he and he's, he's he's been exciting to watch. Yeah, we discussed it earlier. I think I'm
5: I'm pretty surprised he never really got as much of a chance hmm. as Sunderland, especially given they're in the league below. But he looks um yeah, he's very good going forward. Um I think his crossing's quite good. Um and he's just he's one of those players that when he gets the ball, you don't worry about what he's gonna do with it, um, which I think is always important as a fullback. And, you know, maybe barring a nervy moment at some point since he's been with us, I think he's been great. I think he's got all the attributes to be a really good uh, right back. And
3: unfortunately, uh, yeah, he's keeping
5: Solly out the side.
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people write off Solly before, though. Uh, you know, my name is not Jim he's not the first person uh, to, to do that and he has come back from that so I'll, I'll be surprised if that's the last we've seen of Chris Ollie. but he's certainly out the side uh, at the moment right Freddie says it was an amazing first half Lyle and Andre are a force to be reckoned with a really missing bond though as uh, Hemed just doesn't seem to be good enough yet any chance you know why he kept having his face checked on the sidelines anyone notice that with Tommy I didn't know I thought yeah, he was getting stitched th- up th- oh, was yeah, he I thought he had a cut yeah Yeah. Uh, right yeah, yeah. yeah have your thoughts in the microphone next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I have to admit I didn't notice that but there we go right Graham says I'm just glad uh, that we have kept Lyle Taylor we need to give him a good new contract now yeah I mean would you reckon the chances are of keeping him Ben
6: I think they're, well depends how we do but I think they're pretty slim because if he leaves at the end of his contract go get a big signing on for another club mm. so
3: Yeah, you never know. Who knows what can happen between now and then? Graham's also asking, I wonder if the new owners will reinstall the free fans' Wi-Fi at the Valley like we used to have. Well... I'm sure it's not at the top of their list of priorities, but we we definitely need new press Wi-Fi uh, if you're listening, His Excellency. Um, uh, we, we've already discussed that you probably are subscribed to the podcast. So if you could get the lads to sort out, that'd be excellent. Right, Robert says, excellent first half, although we did need Dylan to pull off a bit of a Weldy uh, to keep us at 1-0, uh, and we clearly showed how much we miss a fully fit Williams and Taylor. Second half, we allowed them too much space, and they nearly nicked an equaliser, clearly lady luck was on our side yesterday. Uh M I C A F C says, evening guys, any comments on Solly? Will he never play again? Uh will he never play again for us and then will he end up going to Den Haag uh with Paju and Pal. <laughs> uh, can you see that one happening uh Tom? Seems unlikely, but um
4: I think what the guys have said about Matthews already, he's come in and first few games I wasn't really sure what he was about, but he's just improved and improved and improved. And what we said about the, the back five, he can play that wing back role really well. Um, adds the defensive cover and can get forward and at this stage in his career um, and with the supposed knee injury that that Solly has or the knee that he has to kind of manage, he just can't do that I think there's still a place for him when we have a back four and we go away sometimes because his defensive quality is very good but I just think at the moment Matthews is the guy in form and, and deserves to be playing
3: Right, Bob Liscombe says, it sounds like we've had a lucky escape in terms of not signing Marcus Madison, who's ended up on loan at Hull, of course. Dave Boy says, Premier League, here we come. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like getting carried away after one victory, is there? Uh, Dave and Ever on the same team at the side. Though. Uh, uh, Tony out in Spain says, evening chaps, I'm pretty happy with our deadline day deals. Uh, honestly, couldn't tell you anything about them except the usual Wikipedia stats, uh, but I trust Boya and Gallon. Yesterday was definitely a game of two halves. Uh, we looked very comfortable in possession uh, and uh, dangerous in attack in the first half but completely lost our shape when Williams and Taylor came off in the second. Uh, needed a bit of help from a uh, Lady Luck uh, that hasn't been with us lately but overall a well-deserved three points. On to the next one for another six-pointer uh, against Stoke. Uh, Laura says that it would have been much better if Barnsley had spent more time playing and less time fouling our players and uh, also adds controversially it did seem that Charlton were time wasting yesterday yeah no it's game management when we do it it's only time wasting uh, when the opponents do it nice to see you as well uh, Laurie so she comes down from Liverpool for the games and uh, oh, yeah. I'm glad she was uh, rewarded with the three points uh, yesterday Ken uh, says let's just say it was three points sealed with a kiss yeah Lyle Taylor it was did seem to be kissing the I know. It was, I know. Ken told me actually. Apparently, Darren Prattley kissed one of their players. I just remember oh. Ken emailed me this earlier. So, did anyone see this? Because I had no idea what Ken was talking about. But basically, uh, <laughs> Ken told me. Did anyone else see Prattley kiss their player in injury time after handbags over a bottle of water? Now, I did see the handbags over a bottle of water, but apparently, he reckons Prattley sealed it with a kiss. Anyone see that? I, I didn't see it. It. No. it was really <laughs>
4: bizarre. Like, so he loves winding
3: players yeah, up, after, though, doesn't he? Yeah. After the um. Uh, the clash where the two players were down in added time the Barnsley physio was on uh, and handed a bottle of water to one of the, the Barnsley players and then Pratley I, I, I don't see a problem with this just, just said oh can I have some of that and he took it off him and started drinking it and uh, the Barnsley player got really protective over his bottle of water so he like took it back off him so I don't, I don't know what they're drinking up in there Unless they've put something in there to try and help them get, get into the back into the game in the closing stages. But yeah, it was a really bizarre moment. Right, Bob says, Evening All, uh, just wondered what the official attendance was yesterday. Read on a site there was 19,870, which seems rather low. Yeah, that that was what it was, I think. It was pretty much around that, I guess they didn't that ball that pack. Up, yeah. yeah, it, it, it looks pretty full. The, the the covered end, I think, was sold out, wasn't it? Overall, there was probably a few empty seats who didn't quite turn up. But yeah, no, it looked pretty good. And then Bob also says, wonder who your player of the season is. Has to be Prattley for me with Dylan a very close second, Oli, I mean, are those two in your top two?
5: Yeah, Prattley would be my number one. Yeah. Um, I think Gallagher maybe would have had a, yeah. a reasonable shout before he yeah. left, but yeah, I think particularly given his age, I mean, you know, I'm stating the obvious, but it's, it's unreal what his performance levels have mm. been like this season. And he just seems to be aging like a fine wine. I mean, he just seems to be, he was great last season, uh, particularly sort of entering into the playoff stage. And this season, he's just been totally infallible. Mm. Doesn't ever seem to be injured. Um, and, yeah, I th- I'd be really interested to see how long he can keep it going for yeah. because uh,
3: he's, what, 35 now, I think? 30, I think he's going to turn 34 shortly, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. so, yeah, aging like a fine one. He's locked in the basement between games. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's always saying about how his stats, he's always very proud of his stats in training. He's, he, he reckons he's one of the, the fittest uh, at the club. Right, uh, Richard Justin says he's gutted about uh, John Bostock not uh, joining. He was due to join on loan from, well, officially from Toulouse, but he's at Forest at the moment on loan. Uh, can we go back for him in the summer? Please with McGeady and Davis. Uh, Matt Smith is a wild card. Uh it says, he's practically seen as a centre-back now. We can certainly fill in in that role. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bostock, we we saw the story. So basically, he was on loan at Forest. They've hardly played him. So we've gone in for him. Toulouse couldn't be bothered to fill in the paperwork because they were happy that his wages were getting picked up elsewhere. There's like, not our problem. So that's, that must have been quite frustrating.
6: Yeah, must have been. if he's passed a medical at uh, club... You're just itching to sign from, aren't you? And if your parent club can't be bothered, what does that show for your future at our club? So yeah, we may go back in for him in the summer. Mm. I remember when we played Forest down here in that great first half, and then the second half was all Forest. Um, I thought he had a really good game that game, and I thought he was one of the standout players for them. But doesn't seem to have worked it's out Disappointing
3: in from the French club. You would have thought they would have had nothing to lose, but there you go. Right, Rick oh, says... Wow. Getting worse, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Rick says, <laughs> uh, what, what is Boya's problem with Morgan? Uh, Albie Morgan, why we get a load of midfielders in when Taylor gets injured again? Where are the goals going to come from? Hemed is a, like a bigger version of Simon Church. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> Pearson Saar needs to go. Alfie is not a left-back. I like to see him on the wing. Yeah, we are sort of playing left-wing back yesterday, wasn't he? But yeah, I mean... Clearly, Bo doesn't fancy Morgan at this moment in time, Tom. Yeah. Um, he, he's talked about his defensive cover. That seemed to be a problem before.
4: That's that's what he said, and I, and I get it. And he obviously had that bit of a, not a ding-dong, but a little discussion with the journalist after the game recently where he praised Albie going forward. And, uh, and he said, yeah, but you've seen what he's done defensively. I, I, I do see what he's saying, but I think I said it maybe that weekend that for me, because we're struggling to score a lot of goals... What Albie does going forwards, I think, makes him worth putting him in the side. And when you've got Prattley and Cullen there, I don't think necessarily the defensive thing is such an issue. And I think what I said at the time was we're conceding goals with other players in the team anyway. So Albie not coming back isn't going to make a huge amount of difference. Um, So look, you saw it yesterday for for the goal. I know it was Forster Kasky that had his pocket pick, but Alfie Darity was a bit out of position for that one as well. The youngsters are going to have to learn that. Like you said, Alfie's a, a winger traditionally, so he's not used to playing wing back. Albie likes to go forward, so it's the funner part of the game, right? So people like Prattley are going to teach those youngsters, but it does take a bit of time, and I can't remember if it was Naf who said it, but Bowie was probably comparing them to his own high standards because he was one of the best midfielders in the country when he was playing. And if you're trying to compete to be the next Lee Bowyer, it's going to take some player to do it. So.
3: But at the same time, Bo, Bo did talk about reasonably recently about how, again, talking about Morgan, how when he was at a certain club, there was a manager, I can't remember which one of these former managers, a well-known manager. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was it. Graham Sooness, who, who left him out of, of a starting 11 because and you know, Beaufort, he was top of the world. He'd been scoring goals, he'd been getting forward well, but he was left out of the eleven because he wasn't getting back. So I wonder if that's exactly the mm. what the, the sort of mind games that, that, that Bo is playing here with uh, with, with Albie Morgan. Right, Sebo uh, says, next week when we're playing uh, at Stoke, uh, that is the ground where I last missed a... Competitive Charlton games. I think you're going back to like the late '90s there. So I just don't even know if it's even built then, but apparently it was. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to think of a game, a Charlton game with Sebo not in the crowd. But there you go. It also adds that the, dra- the January transfer window, in the grand scheme of things, could have been much, uh, much worse yeah and i agree with that right let's uh have a listen to a new feature we've got on this evening's show uh <laughs> it's called Va- fans views from the fans bar until we think of a better name because uh yesterday after the game benji went up into the fans bar used to be known as crossbars here at the valley uh, after the game to find out what some of the supporters uh thought of uh of yesterday's uh yesterday's performance against barnsley our roving reporter asking uh, for fans having a f- fans having a celebratory drink and if you listen carefully you'll find one who's probably had more than the others uh but yeah let's have a listen to what benji heard from some of the supporters uh, in the fans bar yesterday uh, well it's a
4: massive uh, three points for us against barnsley today um I think, uh, Obviously, ride right out like a bit in the second half, but the first half was a great performance. You could see that today with like key players back in the side, like Taylor, Cullen, and Williams, really make a big difference for us. And um, yeah, the first half was a good, really good performance.
7: Quite our luck a bit
4: in the second half. Um, also got to mention that save from Phillips in the first half at 1-0 up was incredible save. So he was sat right behind that. And um, he got a massive reception from the supporters after that. Really kept us in the game. And uh, yeah, well happy to get a, a
7: three, big three points and a big relegation game today. Um, I thought we deserved the three points. Um... Really good first half. but we controlled it to the most part. Cracking save from Phillips. Um, vital save at the time. Um, second half, I was hoping for more, hoping for that third goal. Didn't come. They got the goal that I was fearing. Um, but I thought we saw the game out really well last 20 minutes. Um, good performance from Green. Thought he really did do well up front. Um, when Taylor came off, I weren't really sure for why. Um, I can only assume still bringing him back in. Um, but overall, I thought the, for the guys out there, it was a good performance. I felt like Taylor gave his all, which is, I think, what a lot of us weren't sure was going to be the case. Um, but, yeah, really happy. Vital three points. Results pretty much gone our way today other than Wigan. Um, but let's roll on Stoke. Um, I think they're there for the taking. Let's bring it on. We played very, very well. It's nice to have a full-strength team out there.
1: But all of a sudden, um, when Williams went off and also Taylor went off, we've seen just an average side. Yeah. we were very lucky at the end to not lose the game. But, you know, uh, to say um, Deion Phillips as well. What a great goalkeeper. Prattley. Darren Prattley, again, what a diamond he is.
4: I think the saying, a game of two halves, has never been so relevant, really. First half, I thought, played really well, really great, really great atmosphere, lovely to see the Valley packed and buzzing. Great save by Dylan Phillips. Second half, obviously, our way, I thought, great, we're going to see loads of goals go in, but no, same old Charlton, sit back, defence... Make subs too early changed the whole game we lost it i thought oh god we're gonna lose this or we're gonna draw um but managed to hold on and it seemed to be an injury day today every five minutes somebody was down injured but a uh, great result and really happy that we've finally won in 2020
8: on here as Kyle has the ball, Bon over to the left-hand side, Kyle finds him, and Bentley's come out of his goal, and Bond's got past him, Bond with the chance, yeah. bon and the Oh, what a goal, what a goal, end-to-end stuff here at Ashton Gay, and Macaulay Bond gets another goal, Bentley for whatever reason came out of his goal, Bon gets there first, and with a tiny left-handed finish, and end-to-end stuff, but John have the lead, <laughs>
3: Alright, so welcome back. This is Charlton Live on your Sunday evening, coming to you live from the Valley. Uh, We just heard there our new feature, Fans Views from the Fans Bar. If anyone can think of a better name than that, please send them in because I'm stumped. But that is a terrible name. Uh, But yeah, look out for Benji or whoever, the next home game. uh, We'll have a couple of people roaming around in the crossbars, the fans bar, whatever you you call it. And if you want to have your say uh, on the show like that, you know, seek us out or or look out for, for Ben. Uh, and and have your say on the show. It's a new thing, a new way to get you even more involved with uh, with, with the Charlton live show. Mark Filsterson said he's enjoying the show. Thanks for that, Mark. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you are. Uh, let's have a look at some of the emails as well that came in uh, after yesterday's win. Right, uh, I'm pleased to hear from Mad Dog Mendonca's dad. <laughs> <laughs> so we're hearing from the whole Mad Dog family now. So this is Mad Dog's it? cat. Man. Uh, No, his dad. Uh, uh, He said his cat? No, uh, I don't think a Mad Dog could have a cat. It'd be (laughs) carnage. But um, this is Mad Dog Mendonca's dad, Mick, Uh, says, Hi, guys. Uh, Great to play badly and win rather than play well and lose. A few observations from the match. Uh, yesterday. Darren Prattley was our man of the match. He gave 100% as he does every week. Once again, after Johnny Williams and Lyle Taylor left the pitch, we looked a poorer side and the ball never stuck uh, when it was played forward. As a defence, each player gives 100% but as a unit we cannot close a match out and we are prone to giving the ball away too easily. Second half, Barnsley looked like the only team that would score and their supporters will point to our keeper, crossbar and posts of denying them at least a point. Uh, in the coming weeks keeping a clean sheet will be important and i was i was. I was surprised it was in midfield rather than our defence, which was strengthened in the transfer window. I remain optimistic uh, that we can stay up, but hopes that our Achilles heel of always letting in goals will not catch us out. That's from Mad Dog Mendonca's dad, Mick. Um, Tom, I mean, yeah, were you surprised that we didn't... I mean, because it has been a problem that we're not keeping too many clean sheets. Mm. Uh, Like I say, we're not the worst team defensively in the championship, uh, and we we do seem to give away one or two a game um but we and we don't keep clean sheets so are we surprised that maybe we didn't go for an, another defender it was it was purely midfielders that came in
4: mm, not particularly i think maybe we need to play Albie morgan and there's uh, <laughs> his defensive duty. no i think i think i said that we a center back might be helpful but for me full backs would have been somewhere to strengthen probably left back um and then i think i'd said someone in midfield which obviously we've done and a striker i think they would have been the places and i think andre green probably will fill that striker gap for the the rest of the season, um, obviously, that you want to try and strengthen everywhere. Um, but I think Lockyer has come in and, and performed well. I think Naby on his day can. But you look at a lot of the goals this season, and they're down to little individual mistakes, really. Like even yesterday, you could argue Forster Kasky giving a ball away. Now, obviously, you're still way in their half and they had a lot to do. But to get picked off on the counter like that, a, a team that are obviously fighting for their lives and throwing bodies forward, it's not un, unusual to happen. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Dylan, with that record of how many saves he's made, it does show that our defence does concede a lot of shots. But, you know, we're down in the bottom half of the table for a reason. And I think it's something we're going to have to look at maybe next year. Obviously, Nabby's contract will be up. I don't know about Piercy's, but I've said a couple of times he's sometimes struggled a little bit at, at this level, I think, since making the step up. But I don't know. I think it's... It's par for the course, really. I don't yeah. think we're the worst defence in the league by any stretch.
3: Yeah, right. Charlton Exile says we should call the fans' views from the fans bar. We should call it Vista Views, which makes that sort of works if we were allowed in the Vista Lounge. But I mean, that's a <laughs> yeah. premium experience, so they don't let Benji in, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've got this email. Right. I've got this email in from Ken earlier. Ken Beecham, um, and I had a quick read, read for it, and there was a word I've never seen before. <laughs> so right, and uh, the word appears to be Politburrow, And now, out of uh, because I wanted to check how you pronounce it, I've got it here. So here we go Politburo. Politburo. So that's something to do. With, so okay. So has anyone heard of that word before? That no. Oh, <laughs> right, so I googled it. So <laughs> oh, well. so so the email starts off having been run by a Politburo for one of the last few years. What a great feeling at last to have positive dialogue with our new owners. So a Politburo is, is something to do with the Communist Party of China, possibly or something Trotskyism. So I'm guessing it's just someone who doesn't speak much or something like that. So there we go. But anyway, he's talking about how it's great now to have uh, dialogue with the new owners. They clearly recognize that the club and addicts fans are one and whilst it's an inbred trait for us to be cautious optimism abounds the window has been uh, has given us some uh, great signings and best of all bows on a decent contract and lyle still with us fingers crossed that maybe uh for next season as well that's from ken uh, out in bexley heaves who's taught me a new word but also made a good point it is, it is nice like i say the communication i've quite enjoyed it so far from south this still a lot of questions that we don't know about but i i think their pr job has done been done quite well so far
5: yeah i think i've, I've been impressed with them i think he's uh, he's making a very c- uh, conscious effort to not be roland de Châtelet. Right. um so i think you know he might have i don't know if he sort of overstepped mm-hmm. or you know subtly overexcited or inexperienced or whatever when it came to the uh Messages that maybe promised more than they delivered on uh, deadline day, but I think it was just a you know well-intentioned idea to try and get the fans on board and, and you know generate some excitement because I don't think we've had much under the uh, the Roland regime. Um, and I mean, as far as just going back to the point about the transfers, I suppose I mean I don't know how much they thought into this, but I suppose if you look at it as Green came in for Lecco, Smith, I suppose is a similar player to Gallagher. McGee, um, I guess, is just a kind of an extra flair yeah, option. You
3: described him as a bonus player, yeah, and yeah. and
5: then Davis is is clearly a bit of a Prattley um, type player. So I can see their logic in terms of uh, you know getting bodies in and, and replacing the ones we've lost. And um, yeah, I was mm. happy with that whole. And Southall definitely seems to be a a transparent guy, and that was definitely what he set out his mo as right from the off. Which he was you might not agree with what I do, but I'm always going to be uh, you know accountable for it. So mm. yeah, I like him.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the transparency. I mean, obviously, yeah, he, he comes out and says what he thinks. Well, so like I say that there are there are still things that people are talking about behind the scenes. A bit of confusion about, you know, the the fact the training ground's not ours yet. That sort of stuff. But he says he's going to sort that out in six months. And I guess really, you, you probably have to sit back and wait for those six months mm-hmm. to, to to really see, as we said earlier, what what's going to happen. I mean, people are always going to be nervous about that sort of thing because. At your back of your mind you're a Chelton fan, you're used to conceding in the last minute, you're used to things going wrong when you don't want them to. So until everything's signed, sealed and delivered, I think that's when people will be calmer. But like I say, it's it's been an okay start, not a bad start, and certainly I think overall the communications has been pretty good right Mark Newbury says evening chaps uh, title of the email is dirtier than Swansea uh, I mean I went there a few weeks ago it was pretty dirty but um, if you can't beat them uh, kick them seems to be Barnsley idea in the first half it was a nice 60 minutes of uh, fairly relaxed playing then 30 minutes of nail biting and bum clenching he uh, put brackets my own well, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to accuse you of anything Mark. Uh, Think Bo actually made a mistake tactically uh, when they came out in the second half and matched us up we should have gone. 4 take, uh, 4 take Pierce off and put Jake Forsterkasky into the middle uh, we left too many gaps down the side and Woodrow is a dangerous striker as he proved positives being the team looked strong uh, and the bench was full which was nice uh, but I would like to have seen Chucks on the bench as I think he holds the ball uh, better up front uh, now I think it's a two horse race for player of the year between Prattley and Deals. same names coming up again there uh, with um, pretty much 50-50 possibly Dills winning it maybe Pratt second and Lockyer third Stoke next week is another six pointer uh, Uh, But with more players being fit and ready, we have to be positive. That's from Mark. Cheers for that, Mark. Uh, Duncan said, His Excellency learned yesterday what it means to be a Cholton supporter. We never do things the easy way. The result was all that mattered, though. Uh, We had the game under control uh, until we conceded a goal from our attacking throwing. So pleased that we managed to hold on. I thought we defended well. Blocks clearances off the line and an amazing save from Dylan in the first half. Uh, We didn't do enough with the ball, uh, though. Uh, Finally, no one, though, should uh, question Lyle's commitment to the club. After his performance, yeah, I was interested actually um, in the in the Vista Views. There, uh, our friend uh, our friend uh, Donny Dave that you may have heard a Yorkshire accent in there. You probably confused by that, but he's a Charlton supporter from uh, Doncaster. Um, he he sort of was was talking about people might be wondering what Lyle would be like, but there was no there was no danger yesterday, Ben, about Lyle's performance, and I wasn't shocked by that at all because at the same time in the summer when he wanted to leave, if we're being honest. He, and the transfer window slam shot, he went and scored, what, five, four or five goals at the start of the season. No one can ever question when he's out there playing football, he's going to put 110% in.
6: Yep, he seemed 100% committed yesterday uh, from, his, from his goal yesterday, from I think he ran back nearly the whole length of the pitch and made a great sliding tackle. From when Dylan made that save, I saw him give Dylan a massive bear hug to say, go on, son, well done. And the same when Green scored, he was the first to congratulate him. So he does care for the club, and that was there for all to see yesterday, I felt. Mm.
3: Right, Charlton Exiles helping me out here. Uh, so Charlton Exile says that the... Politburo. ...was um, uh, the name they used to, in Russia to describe the political cabinet of the day. Dates back to Soviet days, well before your time. Well, there you go. Fascinating. We'll, we'll ask Terry next time. Yeah, we'll Terry, Terry, probably bloody part of it. Um, right, uh, <laughs> Uh, Sebo says oh, I think there is enough spirit on the pitch uh, and the singing fans in the stands to carry us comfortably uh, over the line in terms of staying up yeah certainly hope that will be the case right Tom uh, Van der Steen sent us a direct message great show as always cheers Tom uh, what a result and performance yesterday just what we needed a positive weekend all around with the transfers too although it did seem to contradict the original strategy that Matt Southall set out of bringing players in for the bigger project and not just to stay up uh, as they were all loan signings i think think that has been a successful window though uh with the january window being what it is uh, i think it was as good as it was ever going to be and if you look around the league i don't think there are many teams that had a better one than us that's from tom up in cheshire yeah i mean it was a it was a slow window altogether i think if you look at the likes of Hull, who lost what two of their bigger players and then got marcus <laughs> madison in tom and you try to look around I, I don't know like again because i only because i had to i was asked to ask him the Barnsley manager yesterday when I spoke to him was disappointed they couldn't get a central defender in because clearly they can't defend set-pieces. But also they've got Bambo Diaby out on a drugs charge at the yeah. moment, suspended. So I mean, clearly they could have done with a player. That's a team that hasn't perhaps uh, improved themselves as much as we have. Yeah, I don't
4: think many teams have. As I think you just said there, it was a slow transfer. When they even if you go from the Premier League down, I don't think there was a lot of business done. I think going into... The final day, I was a little bit concerned because obviously we'd only made that one or I think we'd just got McGeady over the line College by then. Bureau. But I think to get three players in at the end, it's not the best transfer window in the world. But when you compare it to the rest of the, the teams in the league, I don't think we've done too badly at all. I think retaining Lyle, uh, getting Bowyer signed down to contracts, those little bits are important as well. As I say, hopefully transitioning out of the Roland days is is obviously massive for the club. And one of the guys said it there about the, the atmosphere that's here and stuff. The, the club's in a good place at the moment and obviously you need players on the pitch to perform but with all the injuries coming back, we sh- we saw for the first two months of the season what the current squad we've got is capable of um, and we just needed a bit of support for those players so that you haven't got to throw in the likes of a Venins or a Davison and to have to play five or six games because that's just not fair on them. I think the players that we brought in on the whole will do that, um, supplement the squad nicely and... I agree. As I said earlier, I, I, I've been pretty consistent in this. I think we've got enough to stay up, and uh, yeah, the additions aren't you know Messi or Ronaldo, but I don't think realistically they're ever going to be. I think they're all right, and and we'll see how they get on in the next few weeks.
3: Well, I like would we say in the summer when ESI go out yeah, and prove themselves and sign Messi bit... and Ronaldo. I mean that's that will be that'll be fascinating yeah. that <clears throat> I mean they'll that, get a big tick from me, right? Joe Steiner Lawson uh, says, "What did you think of the attempt to get fans slow singing Valley Floyd Road?" pre-game said it was a bit cringy did you did you see this ollie at the start i think uh, brian tried to get everyone to join in and sing and they played the music but yeah and i think it came up on the screen as well oh, did it, yeah, it oh, was, i didn't, it was, I didn't uh, notice it was yeah. on the screen it was a valiant effort <laughs> but because um, i mean f- i think forest <laughs> do it yeah
6: forest do it and it does sound really good mm. they sing and we, it slow don't they? That's yeah the they thing, sing it slow it obviously Mull of kintyre is sung slowly yeah um but it's we don't need the words up on the screen, I guess, yeah. but at the same time, it it would sound good because we do really rush through. Yeah,
3: well, if we can see get it. Paul McCartney down with our oh, new shit. ESI millions, uh, may, may, maybe that will, will will force it. But I, I can see what they are trying to do. I don't think it quite come off. I think the cover them was singing something else at the time anyway, so it didn't didn't really work. But a a, a decent effort. Uh, Doogie says a good partnership in the making Green and Taylor uh, they run the channel so well keep them both fit and we will climb the table no doubt about it uh, and adds that he felt it was a good window yeah and I did certainly like the look of that of that uh, partnership that burgeoning partnership yesterday uh, between uh, Andre Green and Lyle Taylor let's hope we see a lot more of that uh, and still McCauley Bond to come back as well right I promised you an interview with a bit of a Charlton legend uh, we've already heard from Stella Steve but we've got now uh, Colin Walsh uh, Stella Steve was the one who was really drunk on the thing by the way, um, on the fans, on Vista Views. Um, right, Colin Walsh uh, everyone knows the man he is forever remembered for scoring that goal uh, back at the Valley in 1992 but he did have a, a long career uh, with the club full of fond memories. He was here at the Valley on uh, Thursday evening for the 80s evening. Uh, they had eight players from the 80s. I think they've already done one for the 70s I, I assume there's one for the 90s. It's run uh, by the Trust Uh, I think, so they'll be raising money for it, it sounds like it was a pretty good evening Uh, I was asked if I wanted to go down and and speak to some of these players, unfortunately they were slightly before my time, but like I say, Terry uh, he was already collecting his pension by the time this lot were turning out in a Charlton shirt, so he remembers more about their careers and he was in a good position uh, to go and ask uh, Colin Walsh about some of those fond memories he has uh, with his time at the club
0: yeah, I, I done ten years at Charlton and I enjoyed every minute of it, apart from uh, breaking the legs and things like that. But I, I got back, I got back, and uh, I really enjoyed it.
1: I think the, um, the affinity that fans have with you uh, is you joined. Of course, you joined after the club left the valley and had to uh, play at Sellers Park, but you're part of the side that uh, that was here when we came back, and uh, and then for a good few years afterwards as well, <laughs> and that cemented your place, I think, in in Charlton folklore.
0: Well, I, I, I don't see it like that. I, I, I was playing for a football club, which I enjoyed playing for, and the supporters and everything. I, I came from a club, uh, Nottingham Forest, which it was uh, we were away from the supporters, basically, a little bit. We were separate, but I came, came here and I realised straight away how, how the club works and how, how we had to work for the club. And it was uh, it worked out all right for me.
1: I think uh, everybody, uh, all your co- ex-colleagues that are here uh, tonight have all said pretty much the same thing. That it's just that little bit different in terms of the community spirit and the, the connection they have with the fan base.
0: Yeah, like, uh, when I was injured, I went to uh, Peterborough and Middlesbrough and things like that, but it, it didn't actually seem the same. It, as, as you say, like, uh, the atmosphere with the, the supporters and things like that, it seems as though they were part of the team as well. And it was... Uh, It was a great 10 years I had here.
1: Of course, it would be remiss of me, and I think uh, one of the reasons that you're uh, uh, remembered in Charlton folklore is that goal, (laughs) of course.
0: Yeah, I've never been (laughs) asked that question before, how I feel or anything like that, but uh, no, it was uh, was special. It was special in my life, and uh, it's one of the best things I've ever done.
1: Do you think you realised at the time just how important that was?
0: No, not at all. No, not at all. We were just having three points because we were in a bad run at the time, and we won the game, and... Uh, the atmosphere was horrendous, it was, it was brilliant, and you could, you could actually feel the energy coming on the pitch, And um, but uh, as you say, like, I never realised at the time how important I was, but I'm so proud of it.
1: Because you'd have been involved in the 87 player final up at, uh, up at uh, Leeds, or against Leeds, and at St Andrews, and in, I, was, I was just speaking to Bob Boulder, in terms of the importance of that game. Maybe if uh, that hadn't gone the way we'd wanted to, 92 might not have happened.
0: Yes, but uh, (coughs) Lenny played that down completely. We never knew what was happening behind the scenes or anything like that until we actually won that game. But it was a a hell of a long season, that one. And uh, I always remember looking back at Mark Reid and and feeling very tired. And Then I looked at Mark and I thought, I can't look as bad as that (laughs) or feel as bad as that.
1: (laughs) Uh, and I'm sure you tell him that. Uh, oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I see Mark quite a bit, actually, when I go up to Scotland, so I was still in touch. So in terms of memorable
1: games, would you put the 87, uh, or, or because you scored the, the 92 game, as, as the most memorable?
0: Oh, uh, uh, 92, the goal back at the Valley, yeah. No problem at all.
1: And uh, the fact that you're here, and you're still here, and you're still coming back to, to these events, uh, shows that just uh, Charlton uh, gets in your bloodstream.
0: Of course it is. Like, uh, You've got the boys over there, who are um, <coughs> It was like a family we had. But as you said, it was uh, it was brilliant.
3: So there we go. That was uh, Charlton legend Colin Walsh speaking to Terry at the 80s evening uh, here at the Valley on uh, on Thursday evening. I mean, obviously. Um, even for fans like us in the studio, who unfortunately weren't here to to witness the 1992, and you're a lot older than you look, Ollie. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, but we we all know everything about him, and it was great to hear that. Um, you know, he's he's still got this af- affinity with the club. Uh, so that was at the 80s evening during the week. Uh, so we've all, we've also got some interview an interview with Robert Lee uh, and also with Bob Boulder lined up, which we'll hear over the course of the next few weeks. Which uh, look, looking forward to, to playing to. You. And uh, thanks for, to Terry uh, for going up and and grabbing those interviews. So we've got 5 minutes left, Tom. I think it's maybe we obviously we'll we'll look ahead properly on Thursday. Yeah. But I mean we're coming up to this this run of yeah, you know, we're in this run of games now where we're playing a lot of the teams around us in and around us. Um I mean I I still can't believe that we can beat Leeds. I only I didn't even realize they they're winning until injury time when I was just I was just finishing off my match report and I was Definitely uh, definitely putting ourselves at a our, our result at risk because I always have to write before full time. So I was writing about a victory when I didn't know we actually had one, but luckily we held on. And I went to put how many points clear we were of the relegation zone, clicked on the table, and I was like, what the hell are Wigan doing winning sure. at Leeds? But we have at least dragged Huddersfield and Stoke back into it a bit. They both got beat over the weekend. Yeah. Um, it's getting tight down there. I've, I'm saying now, Luton and Barnsley, both on 24 points, it's going to be a tough one for them. It could change in three weeks and I'll look stupid, but it's going to be tough for them to, to get out of it. Wigan, 29 points. I mean, that's going to be a big morale-boosting victory for them. Stoke and Huddersfield, they're on 31-32. We're there on 33. Middlesbrough on 36. Mm. You'd probably say Middlesbrough are feeling reasonably safe, but again, anything can change. But it's starting to take shape now, isn't it? That that bottom of the table. And the next few weeks, when, when we play the likes of Stoke... Uh, we played the likes of Luton as well and down there, and the Huddersfield, the and we got Middlesbrough before yeah. before you know the start of March. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be fascinating. And I think the next few weeks are really going to colour where we finish at. Yeah,
4: I think those three or four games pretty much will decide where we finish. Um, I think we've got the likes of Forest coming up as well, who are obviously in the top six, and we know our record against top six opposition. So, but those games at the bottom. You know, it's a cliche, but they almost count double, don't they? So they are absolutely massive. Uh, obviously, as you said, starts on, on Saturday away at Stoke. But I, I'm still confident. And I think, you know, we're just starting to turn that corner now. Um, and it's it's just going to be a scrap to the finish line now. Uh, I do think we've got enough, definitely. But they're huge games and they're, they're pressure games. And I think in the last couple of seasons, we've really shown that we can handle that. Um, obviously, Doncaster was a bit... Nervy at the end in the semi-final. Um, obviously, we all know what happened at Wembley, but you know those are those are high-pressure occasions and I think we've handled them a lot better than we have in, in recent seasons. Um, so, yeah, I'm confident. As I said earlier about the squad harmony, I think that does play a massive part of this stage in the season, that all the players are really fighting for each other. I think the crowd down here makes a huge difference as well. Uh, you see it every single week now, opposition fans and fans of other clubs who happen to come down here for a game. The atmosphere here is, is just pretty solid and, and highly rated and, and it does make a difference you can hear it I sat over in the east yesterday which normally I sit down in the north and, and you can really hear it travel around the stadium so it's not just up that end of the pitch and you know it makes a difference we were it was a fortress here last season and obviously we lost our way a little bit in the middle of this year but if we can pick results back up again here then people aren't going to want to come here so yeah February's a massive massive month
3: yeah and we look forward to uh, sharing it with you here on Charlton Live as the month progresses. Right, we've come to the end of uh, this evening's show. It's absolutely flown by. Thanks to all of you uh, who've got involved via tweets or emails or on the forum or... Uh, speaking to Ben, which is you know no no mean feat. Um, thanks to you, chaps, for all coming in. Good to Cheers see you up. all. Thank you. Well done, lads. I've been uh, that, that was a disgraceful end to the show. Benji. <laughs> Should uh, do it again. Yeah, try that again, Ben. You're right. Yeah. No, you still breathe, right? Okay. <laughs> right. I've been Louis Mendez. Uh, thank you for joining us here. Uh, we'll be back here on Thursday evening to look ahead to the Stoke game, massive game. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you again then. But thanks for listening to this evening's show, and we shall see you later. <laughs>
2: p p p p p